nature of this program. Discretion is advised. Good evening, friends and family, and welcome to a safe space radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Francis Hall. We changed the name to a safe space radio. I did not know that, but that's incredible, and I love it. A lot has changed. So much, clearly. A lot has changed. That is Sarah Elizabeth. Hi, everybody. It's been a while. I have not seen you in about a year and a half. I haven't seen anyone in a year and a half. This is my first uh, indoor, unmasked interaction with anyone other than my partner since the pandemic happened. Last week was my first, and it was in this studio. So, uh, tell me about your partner. I feel like I'm not hearing the audio. Somehow. Okay. I'm turning you your up your you up. Sorry. Do you hear it? Pause for technical difficulties. <laughs> oh wait. Uh, here we go. Okay. Can you hear it now? I can hear something now, which is a start, and we'll work with it. All right. <laughs> Well, it's been a while since I've been here, so I'm surprised that I remember how to work this stuff. Fortunately, last week, Calvin Williams, the technical director uh, of this station, was with us for my first show back. So he made sure everything ran smoothly. Lucas is going to be with us in a minute. He's out having a last-minute SIG before the show. So your partner. Yeah, so my partner, if you want to hear uh, weird, crazy, amazing things. Ah, now I can hear it. Okay. This is a different experience. I'm sorry if I was screaming before everyone. I couldn't hear myself. Nope, <laughs> nope. That that's on me. I didn't have the I didn't have the level up on your. To be thing. fair, I also walked in 30 seconds before the broadcast started. So 20. Would have, 20. <laughs> 10 seconds less. That's even more impressive. But anyway, so my partner, I actually met on Art Star Scene Radio. You were telling me this. Yes. And so I, do you and remember? I'm trying to remember who this person dear is. Dear listeners, circa 2018, possibly 19, um, on Valentine's Day weekend, you did an episode when uh, Catherine was still co-hosting, and uh, there was a group of um, penis-bearing individuals who were asked to paint hearts on cards using their penises. I and remember then that. And we judged which one was the best. Yes, I remember that. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> my partner... I don't remember why we decided to do that. I but. don't either. I didn't know it was happening, and then I walked in, and I was just like, cool. All right, this is what we're doing today. Um, but yeah, my partner, um, Aubrey. Hi, Aubrey. He's not listening because he's working right now. But... Um, Aubrey was one of the uh, people who uh, competed in the best Valentine's Day card contest. I don't think he won. I don't think he remembers either. Um, If I recall, he had a pretty decent penis. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, lots of other redeeming qualities aside from that as well. though. (laughs) But yeah, we um, met the first time on Ass Radio. Can I have the keys, please, Lucas? Yeah, but I think this is the mic you're not. No, mic three is the one we're not using, and it's taped down. Last week you used that one. This one and this one. Last week I used this one. Nope, that's yep. that one we don't use. That's the one I used last week. I know for a fact. Okay. I know nothing about technology or how to operate um, anything. So you have it written down. What's that? You have it written down. Do I have what written down? 
You have to three? speak it to the into the mic. Do you have it written down that mic three was the one not to use? Oh, mic two is the one you don't use. No. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Huh. All right. <laughs> I move over. So move, you move over, yeah. I knew there was something weird with this. Can we yeah. switch? Because I'm really short. Yeah. It's I'm really tall. It's just really hard to use that mic. We short. should uh, switch chairs, though, because I'm sweaty and disgusting, oh, sure. and I don't want you to have to sit in my sweat. Um, <laughs> hi, everyone. <laughs> Okay. I like I like the honesty. I I I nothing but honest. I love your boots too. Thank you. They're really old and have lots of holes in them. <laughs> Should I give you these? Um. No, those will go. Ones, those will go, go here, over there. The <laughs> Where's the like musical chairs soundtrack for that? Okay. Here we go. <laughs> oh wow, this sounds so much better. Yeah, and if you could get closer to the mic. All right, folks, you're listening to a Safe Space Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. If it is June 5th, 2021, at about 7.06 p.m., you're listening live. Otherwise, maybe you're listening to our rebroadcast. Now we have a rebroadcast Fridays at 9 a.m. Thank you for whoever's, uh, for whoever's, for whoever blessed us with that. We appreciate it. Well, I know when I wake up at 9 a.m. on a Friday, which I don't unless I have to, what I want to listen to people talking about is the weird shit that you talk about. Yeah. <laughs> it's not nearly broadcast enough on those times. You know, at like 9 a.m. on a weekday, you usually have some like Christian talk show and like family geared content and stuff about, you know, being a slave to capitalism. Um, <laughs> and then you just have this refreshing, you know, breakup in the... <laughs> Yeah, we're two minutes into the show. We're talking about painting penis, painting hearts with your penis, which is something that we did on the on a Valentine's Day show, two thousand eighteen. It was at least four years ago. Oh, wow. it might have been longer. And that's where Sarah met, uh, where you met your partner. Yeah, well, we met that night. Very little interaction. I was actually in um, my one monogamous relationship of my adult life at the time. That <laughs> ended very, very badly and was a terrible mistake. <laughs> but at the time we met and um, actually after that breakup, um, Aubrey asked me out several times and I never said yes. <laughs> and uh, not for any reason other than just like, I feel like prior to now, I've always had a thing for people who treat me badly. So, you know, anyone who was nice was not an option. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, goes to show you that if you are respectful, polite, respect someone's no, don't harass them, don't violate their boundaries, don't stalk them, don't act like an asshole because you got rejected, that maybe at some point later in someone's life where things are compatible, um, that could turn into something. So that's a lesson for all the dudes who act like dicks about being in the friend zone. <laughs> I, I once had a had an ongoing thing with somebody who who, di- who didn't go for the nice guys, um, so I had to purposefully do stuff like, oh, we had plans tonight, I forgot, and and it was so hard for me to do that because I'm not that guy, and and she'd be like, but I have this nice dress on and I did my hair, and I was like, sorry, I'm sorry, I forgot, I made other plans. And it worked. <laughs> As someone who used to be that person can confirm, that shit does work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not for healthy relationships, though. Perpetual suffering for everyone involved, definitely. Francis once had a friend who was pretty abusive to him for friend zoning her. If you remember. For many years, she was kind of... Oh, did, hell yeah. She did not take it well. She did not take the friend zone well. And she would just be like, why don't you... What, me? And like trap him in her apartment and just... <laughs> 
That was that was a toxic friendship. Toxic friendship. Yeah, I, I did not know that the person just did not have my best interest in mind and was trying to get back at me for breaking up with her for about twenty years. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically the whole the whole friendship was that. There's a lot to unpack there, but that sounds like one that might be better to just burn the whole suitcase on. Yeah, that's what we ended up doing. Yeah, I eventually just ended that, and uh, and it led to one of the I, I, I'm. We'll get into more of what we did this pandemic, but one of the things I did and that I had started beforehand is I got into a very good good structure, uh, excellent structure, waking up at 7 a.m. every morning, uh, doing a lot of different exercises, uh, getting myself, just trying to be the best version of me that I can be. And when that person was in my life, I was not doing any of that. And I'm not saying all of it is due to getting this person out of my life, but some of it is. A lot of it is. Because she would keep you there too late and, and, and literally force you to stay with the melodrama. Yes. And just also she would cause melodrama in your life. You know, I think some you have to be careful because people will just start, they'll start, they're still, they'll just start fighting with other people, you know. She was always starting to fight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and would try to dri- drive a wedge between me and whoever my romantic interests yeah, she or, tried to make sure he didn't have a, a relationship for like 20 years. I and, and it kind of worked. This is going to sound terrible, but she sounds like my mother. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. So things are good? You're poly folks? I mean, we're, I'm still poly. You know, that's still my identity. But we are both uh, high risk and immunocompromised. So oh, yeah. I am nowhere near anywhere where I feel comfortable with anybody like touching my face like that. You know, we've both been fully vaccinated for a long time, but I know that my personal risk profile is it's I'm I'm very high risk and I make the choices that I make to keep myself and my family safe. And that's what has to happen. And what that has meant is that I have uh, not been a slut at all for the last (laughs) two years. Um, And yeah, I mean, my partner and I were going to cross the bridge to what that looks like when it's safe for us to do that. But we're not there yet. So we've been in Mons. I crossed the bridge of people sucking my titties the other night. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm now telling you that on the air. No, that's okay. Uh, tell me more. Um, well, we were at a bar, me and Ernie, and um, you know the people who run it are poly. So after it closed, they have like a downstairs that the cops can't see in. And just a couple of us, you know, I took my top off. It was hot. <laughs> And you know, know, people started sucking on my titties. Like you wanted me all the time. And it it was nice, you know, like to just have that level of touch after so long, you know, with not being at a party like that, you know. I'm glad for you. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it doesn't feel like the same as like kissing maybe, you know, but I think kissing is still a little scary probably with strangers. I, yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would. Put it in someone's butt before I'd kiss them. Yeah, totally. Right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, same. I feel like pegging someone, if I'm going to be real here, feels like the lowest risk sexual activity, especially if we were both masked, you know? Yeah. Pegging. Well, you're always welcome to come bug peg Francis if you want. Get out. Well, I'm sorry. Listen, I do only do this. 
I only ask hot people. Well, thank you. I'm flattered. <laughs> I've forgotten what um, getting dressed to leave the house is. Yeah. And like even interacting with humans, how to find myself attractive. It is a fascinating experience. And I feel like on some level, we've all been dreading like, what is that first social interaction going to be like? You know, when we can go back to doing that. And I've been having low grade panic attacks about that for God knows how long. And here we are today doing it on live radio. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yeah, brushing my teeth before the show, putting on pants. Yeah, it's hard. Underwear. All of that. Shoes. <laughs> Fuck that shit. If I don't know if the air conditioner is picking up on on the mics or not, but I don't care. I'm not turning it's it so off. It's so hot today. <laughs> yeah, we're getting out of the city. We're going to Massachusetts tomorrow on Sunday, and we're coming back on Tuesday. I'm going to finally meet Lucas's parents and your sister and your new nephew franklin they deny was named after me but <laughs> it was obviously named after you i'm gonna go for it <laughs> getting on an amtrak tomorrow at 9 a.m um she even brought up she goes well you know the italian name is is francis i said <laughs> of course i know that like um, like, um my boyfriend's name is francis <laughs> my other italian name is facci bambino Face boy. There's whiskey over there. For anyone that wants it, it's nice Japanese whiskey. I'm sure it's fantastic whiskey, and any other day I would say yes, but I did something last night. What did you do? I went and met a friend for dinner and drinks for the first time in two years. Wow. Didn't it feel nice? It was amazing. I had the best time ever. We had a few cocktails. We had some food. I did not. I had, we we, our dinner reservation was at 545. I went home at 11. In six hours, I had six drinks. So like a drink an hour, you know, for a night out, which is a heavy drinking night for me. But in the past, totally fine. Yeah. I walked in the door last night and I looked at my partner and I said, honey, can you make me some pizza rolls? And in the time that he was upstairs making me said pizza rolls, I was in the bathroom throwing up. Oh, no. So I actually have a hangover from hell today. Oh, um, no. And I'm still here. And you're here. I'm here. But you're here. also, uh, lesson learned, folks, um, if you have not gone out drinking at all in the last year and a half of lockdown, uh, first night is going to be rough. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I I haven't had I've gone a group drinking, but I haven't had um too many yet. We'll see. I've had too many from being at home. <laughs> <laughs> don't but tell you, Don't tell Joanne that. Don't tell Joanne. But you have developed some good. No, habits. yeah, I pretty much mostly don't drink too much anymore. I drink a couple drinks and that's it. Like, and then I don't feel hungover, and I just feel, you know, I just mostly I don't want to get drunk because I think people notice. I drink too much. You do drink too much, but you do it all right before you go to bed so no one notices. So no- I know. <laughs> and you also own it. And I own you it. You own it. I smoke more marijuana than anyone I've met realistically, but I don't drink much um, just because it's just not my thing. I'll have a glass of wine when I cook dinner, but like I haven't drank in a very long time. So <laughs> the stark contrast from... No alcohol to six very well-made cocktails. To yes. With sugar cocktails, I mean, sometimes just one cocktail gets me. Those, they can really like, they just send you through the ringer. Somehow. Yeah, once you add that sugary stuff. Yep. Yep. 
And my last one was me. a natural frozen margarita, which I thought was a good idea because at the second bar, the drinks were very tiny and overpriced and they had the margaritas in these very large glasses. So I was like, if I'm going to pay bar prices, I want at least my money out of it. Yeah. But that was a horrible, horrible, horrible mistake because all of the sugar in the mar- margarita mix is why I feel like shit today. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take a shot. Let me ask you about this. Um, Do it. <laughs> as a person with depression, yes. the first couple of months of, uh, of the lockdown were not that bad. Nope. It was like... It was, I've been training for this my entire life. That's what it felt like. I think we were texting about this. We were. That, <laughs> that, uh, that therapists were now praising us for things that they used to give us shit for. Like, I'd say, they'd say, you haven't left the apartment at all in two months? Good job! <laughs> right? It's like, oh, you, didn't, you haven't left your house in three days? That's really questionable. You should probably try and get out more, you know? Um, my, th- my now ex-therapist, I broke up with my therapist of the last 10 years. So wow. that's been a lot. But my now ex-therapist, who I was seeing um, until like three months ago. She said that I was the most prepared of anyone she interacted with, either personally or professionally. <laughs> Depressed fucking people were ready for this shit. Yeah. See, I'm manic. So I was like, and I had this small, small apartment. So I was like running circles in my mind on the, on my bed. There was nowhere else to go but my bed. But I was just like, I was like running circles in my room. Like basically like my mind was going crazy. I was, um, I mean, they had to send me away, I think. And you're, and you're very, very social, you know? I'm very social. They, they basically had to send me away just to get me around people, I think. Yeah, you have anxiety when you're not around people, and Sarah and I are pretty kind of opposite to that. Yeah. I have anxiety all the time, though, to be fair. Sometimes it's around people. Sometimes it's not around yeah, people. Yeah, I, I have anxiety all the time, too. <laughs> 2021, slutty summer? S- slutty. I'm more, I think, this summer enjoying just the reality of getting to see my friends again i'm gonna be slutty with hug yeah be a hug slut i think i'm gonna be both i think i'm gonna be a sex slut and a hug slut uh but we'll see what happens but more but like this this is a good example us going away to massachusetts tomorrow um we were looking up train amtrak ticket prices and lucas didn't realize he was looking up the prices for two tickets not one and when I saw the price at first, I was like, I don't know if I can afford this. This is, you know, this is, that's just to get one way to get there. And then I don't know how much it's going to cost to go back. And then we took a little walk. We were going to Ace Hardware for something. And when I, when I was out starting to think about it, I was like, if this pandemic hasn't taught me that family and friends and social interactions with, with your loved one, with your partner, and with their family. If that's not worth whatever you have to spend, I haven't learned a goddamn thing. But you and, also, it was also my silence, I think. Oh, yeah. I was. Uh, are you going to be mad if I don't go? He was like, no, I'm, I won't be mad. I, I understand. And then he was so quiet. Silence so for like the next three quiet. days. I'm that way too. <laughs> and I guess fine. maybe that, that quietness gave me room to think this through. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? I can do it. I can, I can afford it. And then as it turned out, you know, it was half as much as I thought it was going to cost. But, you know, I, I think that I think folks listening that that uh, uh, maybe put put these maybe see what's see what's important, you know, and 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 go with that. 
There are now uh, in West Virginia and other states, this place, this state included, they're giving incentives for people to get vaccinated, and they're giving away lottery prizes. And one of the one of the prizes in West Virginia as an incentive to get vaccinated is a fucking gun. And then it was also <laughs> a gun or a truck, right? I uh, feel like I saw that on there. You know, if you're so misinformed that you need an incentive other than keeping yourself and your family healthy to get a vaccine, maybe you shouldn't get a gun for free? Maybe, <laughs> you think? Yeah, the I'm, hell? I'm more just pissed now Uber is like, we're going to pay for your ride to and from your vaccine appointment. It's like, gee, wow, thanks, Uber. Where was that offer when um, disabled and high-risk people who can't take the subway were having to pay for our Ubers there and back, you know? And that's yeah. where I'm kind of pissy is, like, I spent in total about $100 in cab fare between all of my trips to um, Medgar Evers where I got my shot at the FEMA site. Yeah. And I was willing to do it because it's, like, a civic responsibility. But now... People are getting free rides and guns and cars. And Where, yeah, like, where's my free Shake Shack yeah. burger and fries? <laughs> Speaking of Shake Shack, we ordered uh, Shake Shack for lunch today. And this year, I, we talked about Shake Shack during Pride. I feel like this has been an ongoing conversation of ours. Uh, but yeah, was yeah. I was, we pissed the- off, I was pissed off on July, July 1st. It, like, they couldn't take the rainbows down fast enough. No, and like we were walking through the village. I remember I came and I met you uh, at your apartment and we walked Sophie to the park, my dog, and we walked past the Shake Shack and the rainbows were down the first <laughs> and we stood there and like bitched about it for 20 minutes. But anyway, this year they now have a pride milkshake. They've taken <laughs> it a step further and the kicker of it being... It's covered in rainbow glitter sprinkles. I want it. I don't care. It was good. You know, it's okay. <laughs> totally they are giving a percentage of the to sales the to the Trevor Project. Yeah. So, you and know, you know I'm, my, I'm not going to give Shake Shack Project. any shit. That's what I usually do for my birthday fundraiser. But this year I did um, suicide prevention or suicide hotline. Yeah, hotline. didn't do quite as well. Because, because I, this year I called <laughs> the hotlines one day and told them they weren't doing a good enough job and that I'm the suicide hotline. And then I had to go to the psych ward the next day, but I had to give back... <laughs> I also called Renfrew too. But did you notice your Trevor Project goal was reached? Was reached in my suicide hotline. Everyone was not like, even what? half. Because people don't give a shit about people who kill themselves. Sorry, not sorry. I can talk about this all fucking day. Um, but it's but, prevention. It's a prevention hotline. Exactly. But then you know everyone's like, oh, if you're struggling, ask for help. And then, and then they don't want to donate. They, they don't, don't want to do anything. <laughs> oh yeah, no. People get really upset if you tell them you're suicidal. My mom's like. This is uh, I'm not I'm gonna call the cops. Yeah, I had um uh acquaintance uh recently when um I was uh my partner was open with them about um me experiencing ideation that this person clapped back and said that because I was expressing that I was having ideation, that I was super hella manipulative and I clearly have BPD. I don't have BPD, by the way. No offense to anyone who does. My diagnosis is CPTSD. But like what the fuck is wrong with people? I have that diagnosis too, but I have a lot of other diagnoses. Same, same. <laughs> <laughs> My main one is schizoaffective. It's pretty, it's pretty low down the ladder of um, you're fucked. <laughs> this is the first time you you have met, correct? Correct. Yeah. Do you know it's going to be seven years me and Lucas and tomorrow? And somehow I'm just meeting him for the first time, and I feel like an asshole. <laughs> and we've been now. super close for. Maybe longer than that. Yeah, probably, I think. I'm trying to remember what year it was that we met. 
Because I know I can tell you everything about what happened in that entire evening and like where we were sitting and the crappy pizza that we ate while we were in the green room that was like covered in plastic. Uh, but I don't remember what year Halloween that was. Me either. Me either. We we both uh, do uh, work a, a Halloween party at a private residence. We're not allowed to say the name of the person. I worked it one year. You work it every year. You only did it once. Yeah. Well, then we've. Well, we also have worked lust. We've worked a lot of things together. The nightlife scene, you know. The Abbey stuff. Yeah. And maybe some other things. Huh. Yeah, I can't remember when it was. Yeah. I was definitely. So Abby posted something. Oh, sorry, you go. No, no, you go ahead. Abby posted that um, that Michael Alex's friends are have bought Limelight out and he's going to start it back out as club. It's poor taste. It's very, very poor taste. And I just got excited for his death and everything. <laughs> this is why you shouldn't have hopes and dreams. <laughs> I was talking about, we were talking about that yesterday. <laughs> I know. I They're forget pointless. what it was. You should like, never have hope. Never have hope. <laughs> don't, don't have hope. My fucking dumbass got the word hope tattooed on my wrist when I was 18, and now I just look at it all the time and laugh at myself. <laughs> like, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> um, we also performed together, other than on the radio. We performed together on stage for the very first time last Sunday. It was for the Lower East Side Festival of the Arts. We were in the Johnson Theater of uh, uh, at Theater for the New City. It went extremely well. I did my original poetry. He did interpretive dance. It was very. It was like a three-minute piece, but it was extremely moving. Uh, I really found I was in touch with my emotions completely. And came close to tearing up at one point but still kept it under control but you could hear it in my voice which is great for an actor you know to be able to do that there was not a dry vagina in the house <laughs> not one after that not a dry vagina in the house. <laughs> I didn't see you going there I did not either that was really good <laughs> well done <laughs> didn't it feel great it did feel it felt it felt great just to be at a you know such a historical theater. They've done so much good work there. It's gorgeous, gorgeous theater, huge stage. Uh, so yeah, lots of history to theater for the new city. Um, they they've been on the they've been so much activism has happened avant avant garde <laughs> since the sixties or the seventies. I'm not exactly sure. A lot of activism took place there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to do more of this stuff. We're thinking about maybe doing it, uh, putting together a whole hour-long program, maybe approaching Judson Memorial Church because I've worked there for five years as, as their Sunday school teacher. A lot of our friends would really like the opportunity to dance at Judson, too. Yes. Yep. And they're well known for their, for their dance programs and, the history that, and their history. Yeah, that's why I don't know if they'll want it because they have their own dance program. I can sell. All right. (laughs) Man, this is going quickly. You are listening to a safe space radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we do depend on your donations. There's something I'm supposed to read, but I think it's 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 expired. Yeah, I think it's wrong. Um, 
You can give a one-time or a monthly donation by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. There you'll find some great t-shirts, mugs, and other swag that we'd like to send you to say thanks. You can also, oh, yeah, I didn't know about this. You can also use your phone to text RFB123244321. It only takes a moment, and you'll be able to use your digital wallet for your donation. Finally, if you shop, if you shop on Amazon, you can go to Amazon.com slash smile and register Radio Free Brooklyn as the nonprofit you wish to support. When you do, a percentage of your sales will go to RFB, and it'll cost you nothing. No donation is too big or too small. Whatever you can afford will make a huge difference. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts and wish all our listeners health and happiness as we weather this storm together. It's tax deductible, folks. Help us out, please. Oh, also, if you go to our website, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. We got a newsletter. Cool. We tell you all about stuff that's happening at Radio Free Brooklyn. And that, that I think, that's free. That, if you don't want to donate, but you still want to get the newsletter, we'll, we'll go ahead and give that to you. You're just so generous. <laughs> We're good like that. <laughs> so, did you develop... Any new habits, strategies? I mean, obviously, we all had to had to do things differently. Um, but maybe you didn't. I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's such a... There's so much I could say about that, and we have half an hour left of the program. Um, <laughs> but I could talk about that for the next five days. But, I mean, I'd say this year, um, for me, there were a lot of changes that happened um, that I was not expecting. I can't necessarily, they, I would say for the better, but um, I finally figured out um, a lot of why I have the chronic pain that I have. And I actually had uh, my C6, C7 uh, herniate last July. So I have had really limited mobility. I was bedridden for a while. Um, and as someone who you know, who's a dancer, who relies on movement, um, movement with fire also while locked in an apartment, um, with a injury that you literally, I can't even explain what the pain is like comparatively to anything else, but I was like prescribed opioids and told this is your life now. Um, I'm not on them. I use medical marijuana instead, and it's awesome. P.S., by the way, um, if you are someone who would benefit from it, the New York Medical Marijuana Program is actually a lot easier to access than they make you want to believe it is. Um, and with the changes in legalization, um, I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, positive growth for people like me who, you know, otherwise would have to live on medicine that would ruin our lives. So, yeah, that's a big change, I would say, is I learned how to live um, with these conditions. You know, um, there's several other ones in addition to it that I'll spare the radio from getting into knowing my whole medical history. But, um, you know, I went from being someone who lives with a chronic mental illness to someone who lives with chronic mental and physical illness and uh, having to learn how to cope without being able to dance was an experience. Uh, and so I shifted my art into other places. I've gotten really into gardening. Um, I have a whole indoor hydroponic, like urban vegetable garden which is super silly, but I love it. Um, and I actually I'm, uh, have shifted more towards uh, the culinary arts, and I am halfway through culinary school right now, and I will be uh, graduating next year, and I'm hoping to start my own catering business. So 
That's, that's awesome. Great. That is all great to hear. Yeah, I uh, uh, marijuana is is a, is a, is a miracle. Is a miracle. Uh, and I've I felt that from when I I was actually a, a violent child. I got into fights. I would fight people. I didn't care. They could be bigger than me. Uh, usually not smaller than me. I would take on more than one person at, at a time. I didn't care if I won, won or lost a fight. I just had this rage in me. I started, and when I started smoking marijuana, young, young, uh, 13, um, and I don't recommend it for 13 year olds, but the violence was gone like that. And so I can, would you not recommend it for a 13 year old who is violent like that? Would you not recommend it for anyone? Who needed it? Oh boy! You know that's a tough question. I think that's, that's a, a very hard question. That depends, though, specifically on a case by case basis. I also started uh, using medical marijuana at a young age, and I was also violent—not towards others, but towards myself. Um, and uh, once I started using medical marijuana, I stopped hurting myself. And I was 15, you know, and it was you know 15 to 18 was that journey, and I know that that was that was my key to freedom. I started using marijuana at 18, and I, that's when I started stopping being violent towards myself as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the reason I, I don't want to answer, I don't want to go into that 13-year-old, yeah. and I'm not a parent. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think those two, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a parent. So I, I take back saying 13-year-olds shouldn't use it. I take that back. But I'm also not going to say that they should. I'm going to say I don't know because I don't. I don't know. I do know that it changed me in wonderful ways, um, but everyone is different. And I finally, finally, finally can talk about that I was in the business. I was a dealer uh, for decades on and off, and and I'm really proud of it. I've always been proud of it, but I've never been able to talk about it publicly because, you know, it was illegal. And I think anybody who's been in this biz, who's been in the business, is really deserves to be applauded because you're putting yourself in. You were putting yourself at risk to be have your freedom taken away from you for bringing medicine to people who need it. So kudos to me. Pat <laughs> yourself on the back. I do. I do. Can you hear the pat? And you never went into like dealing anything like that was um, harmful. Which no, is what a lot no, of I never did. Them. No, no. No, no, I did not, uh, because that wasn't the business I was in. I wasn't yeah. in it. I, I didn't make a lot of money at it. Yeah, that's I how people make a lot of money. I was able to support myself, and uh, and and a little better than support myself. But I wasn't trying to get rich off it. I, it was it was a it was truly something that that I believed in was the right thing to do, and you know I, I was doing I was making my living doing something I love, but at the same time I was risking my freedom. I was bringing pounds of this over state lines to Rhode Island, Massachusetts, where at the time in the 80s, oh my God, I'd still be in jail. Yeah. It's um, it's terrible that they still are in jail. Yeah, I think people are starting to get out, right? Um, in states where it's been legalized, they're, they're getting... Mar- People who are arrested. I hope for that. so. I hope. Out. I hope so. I mean, it. I think it. They should have already been out before it became legal. I think it also has a lot to do, unfortunately, with uh, the color of one's skin in that situation and the disproportionate amount of you know violence that has been committed against people of color in regards to the war against drugs and marijuana usage, and specifically, 
uh, in a, you know, completely um, non-dangerous, non-violent, no reason for punishment sort of thing other than the fact that this country is racist and sucks. Yeah. Yep. Is me being a white male part of why I never got busted? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, totally. I've walked around on the street smoking weed for years, and I, like, when I do that, I'm like, well, this is, I guess, a really great example of my white privilege, and that's coming from, you know, being still a trans person who's been raped at gunpoint by cops, you know, but I still have that privilege because I'm white. Trans is, uh, this is, this is... Newish. Newish, do, do you want to speak to it? I didn't want to bring it up because that's not for me to do so. Um, sure. Uh, I um, am now, I guess, now publicly staining it, but I don't think it's a surprise to anyone who's known me um, that I'm non-binary. Um, although I still have not changed my name, I anticipate that at some point in the future, uh, when I figure out the right one, I will, but I don't want to rush it. Um, but yeah, I'm not a girl. <laughs> Uh, pronouns that you prefer? They, them, most of the time, specifically when uh, discussing me and I am not in the room or to someone who has never met me. Um, But if someone, you know, again, because on some level it is fluid for me, um, (coughs) sometimes I do feel like with people who, um, how do I put it, people who respect the fact that I am not a girl and not a boy, that it's okay for them to use she, her, or he, him. But that's only specifically with people who respect, you know, the fact that I'm non-binary. Yeah, when I met Lucas, Lucas was Lucille. It's been a, a journey, and and, and a, a, a neighbor of mine who I who I knew was going to be okay with this. Uh, when I said, um, my, she asked, "How's your girlfriend?" I said, uh, "Great, but my girlfriend is now my boyfriend," <laughs> and she was like. How do you feel about that? I said, I, I fell in love with a person, not a gender. And she's also queer, the neighbor. She's, she's oh, yeah. Yep. So. She, has, she has really hot girls. Too. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and lots of them. Yeah. <laughs> and we always wonder, because they always seem really cushy. Like, do they know? <laughs> oh, you mean, is she out about being Polly? Yeah. Because <laughs> she's at that age. Where there's you there's one it. that looks angry sometimes. I think she, they know and they don't like it. Because they, 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 a lot of times they, they look at her like they hold on to her real tight. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, non-functional polyamory. Yeah. <laughs> She's great. She's from Italy. She's got a strong Italian accent. She's hot. <laughs> yeah, She's really hot. My neighbors just have kids. It's way less exciting. Yeah. yeah. Where are you living? Um, I'm still in Williamsburg, uh, just in a different apartment. Now I have a bed. And that is great because I still don't really go places. And uh, my apartment for the first half of the pandemic had uh, no outdoor space. There was no roof access. The street below was Metropolitan Avenue right above the Lorimer Station, uh, which is always full of foot traffic. And um, yeah, I just stared out my window that barely opened more than like two inches. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah, it it was. uh, That's tough. That's tough. We, I take care of my mom, as you know, she's 88 years old. Um, and you know, I, I took, of course I took this extremely seriously. The, the, I took 
every precaution that you can imagine. That's I, why when you were like, do you want to come into the studio? At first I was like, ooh, doing something in a room with someone with closed air. And then yeah. I was like, oh, it's Francis, though. If there's anyone who has yeah. safe to do it with, it's you. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And so. Yeah, we waited till we were fully vaxxed to come back. We, yeah. And and then some. And, and then, then some, a little yeah. bit. Uh, but we in my building, the, my building has uh, access to a private garden where you need a key to get in. And so we were able to last spring and summer uh, get her into this private garden and then her grandchildren could come, you know, with distance. But, you know, that 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 helped save her sanity, you know, just having an outdoor space that uh, that you don't have that we have control over who gets in then who's able to get in there. So that made a whole hell of a difference. That changed everything for me. Um, I my lease was expiring, you know, and I realized that I needed to be somewhere where I could breathe fresh air and have control over if other people were going to be in that airspace. My dog likes it more too. <laughs> Your dog is the best. She people is. say that. But, but my dog is actually <laughs> Your the best. Your dog is actually fair. the fucking best. She is. She is the best. <laughs> I miss her so much. Um she is going to be three years old in September. You miss her? I miss her. It's been like five minutes since I've been home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, sad segue, though. My snake did pass away. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I am sorry. Yeah, very sudden. Still emotionally recovering from it, honestly. Um, but puppy is healthy and happy and uh, funny as ever. Getting along any better with the cats? Um, she loves one of the cats and hates the other one. Um, <laughs> and I think the funniest thing that she does is my cat, Leo, when he's using the litter box, she gets really angry and she'll get on her hind legs and she'll get up. But like, we keep her in a pen upstairs because otherwise she'll be running around and like trying to get everything. Um, and she'll jump up on the side and just start growling. <laughs> and it's like, what are you barking at? It's like, the cat, the cat. He's going to the bathroom in the house. He's not allowed to do it. Why can't I do it? And she gets so mad. <laughs> it's just I can like, understand that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not fair. These double standards are bullshit, Mom. <laughs> Getting back to what we were talking about, I am looking forward more towards the uh, affectionate side of things and then then to the sexual side of things absolutely absolutely yeah i mean ernie and i were just like i just want to talk you know what i mean because we haven't seen each other so long really i mean we did end up having sex <laughs> <laughs> but that was after like not that night we had him the next morning you know mm-hmm. when we woke up well we didn't really fall asleep but but there was like showers. And I don't know. There was something that made it sort of more. Now it's morning time. The sun came up. The date on the calendar is changed. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to work. Tomorrow morning. Getting on a trolley. Getting on a trolley. That's Get- exciting. It is. Slash mildly terrifying. Meeting family for the first time is always nerve-wracking. I remember meeting my partner's family for the first time. And I was just like, what if they hate me? What if they don't like me? His family is so nice. It's really confusing. My family is terrible and evil and abusive, and these people are nice. My family is nice to Francis. Okay, I feel that. My mom is also nice. <laughs> really terrible. She, they, they're friends. Some of the people Lucas has been involved with, 
I feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're you're just, you next to the rap sheet. You're you're like a prized little like. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was not nice. No, it's true. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> uh, no, no, and and you know, uh, uh, a year a year a year and a half ago. Uh, you know how I am about just leaving the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I'm excited about doing this. I have changed. You know, this has changed me. Uh, this not being able to, you know, the, the the not being able to do stuff, the not being able to see people, the not being. I know now able you actually to want to do stuff. <laughs> now I want to. Yes, yes. So uh, you know, it was some. Except kind you of don't really like to go me. out to eat. No, thank you. Yeah, you don't want to do that. I like. I want to do outside, it outside, not inside. You know. If yeah, but I want to do it. I want to do it's hot boy summer. We go out to eat at an outdoor place. Give it a little more time. An outdoor place, like outdoors. Okay, give it a little more time. I personally, it's going to be a dead of summer, then real hot. No, we went, we went out to eat in Cold Spring. Yeah, yeah. What if we? What if we want to go with my mom? Maybe. Fine. Yay! Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like to like scout out. The outdoor seating at restaurants, you know, before I eat there and just see what it's like and see how spaced out everything is and what the ventilation is like. That's a good idea. There's a few places that I feel very comfortable eating at. There were some right around here, actually, that looked really um, ventilated. But there's also lots of places that are terrifying. And then I think it's the weird one was last night um, going in to use the restroom at the restaurant that we went to. Yeah. Um, You know, because inside nobody has to wear a mask because they're eating. Uh, so obviously I put my mask on to go use the restroom, but in that moment of walking through, I was just very like, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, yeah. this is bad, this is bad. Um, you know, but didn't get within six feet of anyone. Yeah, yeah. My allergies are so bad right now, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> it's like my nose is burning. It's burning. Does the whiskey help? You want to take another little shot there? It does help, actually. It's numbing it. Take another little shot there, I'm like, I'm, I'm here like it on no medicine because, you know, that cold medicine makes you, like, high, too. And that has, like, a lot of that stuff is addictive, too. It makes you tired and groggy. Yeah. Meh. I don't have cold, though. Tell her I allergies. Everyone has allergies right now. Yeah, they're really bad. Like, I was walking outside today. How's your mother? She's good. She's good. She's she's you know I've 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 done a damn good job, and she's going back to physical therapy. She started that again, and um, uh, my brother is going to come stay with her. He gets to be the fun son, you know. <laughs> like I do all the day to day stuff. Get her to her doctor's appointments. Get her to her physical therapy appointments, and uh, and then when John comes and stays, he takes her to movies and. Uh, all this kind of stuff, the stuff that that uh, I I would do, but but you're so damn busy doing everything else. Yeah, right. Yep. So he gets to be fun son, but that's fine. So so when we're away, mom gets fun son. So then she like associates it with being good that we're away, and that's what we want. Right, as opposed to the last time she didn't want to be away, she wanted us back, and then Nancy was like kicking us out. Right. <laughs> My brother didn't always do the do as well as he's doing <laughs> no nancy never actually kicked us out we just no. we, we we really just wanted to go back but i think ner- we'd all get nervous me you nancy would all be like on the phone <laughs> we'd be like texting we'd be like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh 
I've been reading about Washington Square Park at night, um, and I I, I got to get a different source for, who, to to report on this because because they're they were writing re, saying you know there that people are partying and that there's a lot of noise and that there are prostitutes and I'm like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you read this? I don't remember. The Washington in, Square I, Journal. I think it was. Uh, I think it was on. Uh, I think it was on Gothamist. Okay, because Washington Square Journal is pretty conservative too in its own right. We got to go hang out in the park. Oh well. <laughs> Take home a prostitute. It's like crack horse. Party makes noise. I think it's crack horse in the park. Oh, it's crack right horse. Now. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> I've been, I've seen some crack horse walking around. Oh, you have been to Washington Square Park recently, and it was not very good for you. Yeah, let's not talk about that in there. We don't have to talk about that. I'll <laughs> we'll just say it was not very good for you. I don't think I don't think I want to be around those produce, those that type of person. Any not because they're on crack, but maybe because they're on crack. So maybe it is being reported correctly. That, it, I think that, it is being that this reported is, that this correctly. Is, that these, this is not a good thing. <laughs> it's like a. It's like it's really. It's really like back in the day. Dark. <laughs> kind of what's going on right now. I feel like in a lot of ways, a lot of things about the city kind of just uh, like moved backwards. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I've seen a lot of graffiti in my neighborhood. Yeah. Oh same. yeah. Like it, it's worse than when I moved here 15 years ago. You know, it's like this. It's bad. You know, when graffiti is done well, I I, I like it. When I was growing up, there were the the subways just the, the subway cars were were just these masterpieces of artwork, one car after another. Um, and, and, and I loved it, but, uh, but I will, there, there also is a correlation between when you start to see graffiti, then, then you see other crimes and then you see other crimes and other crimes and other crimes. So it is a sign that things are, could, it's not a good sign. Can I, can I tell you where, where my therapist approved me to do graffiti? Where? Because they, it's already already graffitied, and the and they said the the question they asked was, "Do the buildings have roofs?" And I said, "No." In Cold Spring, and the foundry, and, and they said, "No. If the buildings don't have roofs, this is the government. They said you can do it because it's not like a building anymore, and they don't they're not planning on using those those laws." So you can legally graffiti the, it because at they the foundry at the foundry because they're not planning on using those laws again. They're going to tear it down before they build something new if they took off the if they took off the roofs already. All right, well, let's look into that a little more. Bit but more that's what the government told me. He's like really responsible. He's like, he runs a program. And he was like, that would be a really good place for you to do it. And then you could, you know, and you know, there's not really any cops around anyway. No, I'm not around there. And then we'll just go in and do, we could do like a nice mural. Like not, you know, not do like shitty graffiti. Like do, do some nice things. You're an excellent artist. Yeah, I mean, somebody did let me use graffiti. He, my friend showed my art and then they let me graffiti. Um, their storefront because it was kind of somebody fucked it up so they wanted to do like just something quick over it you know what I mean that day I'm sure they probably put something over it right now but they wanted something done over it so I'd made it like kind of community art project because we went we bought there happened to be somebody doing a mural that day and he so he was finishing his mural he he sold us the spray cans we just bought like two and um we I showed some kids how to use it like not little kids, but like some art students, high school kids. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I thought that was kind of fun, just to like make it a community art project. That does sound cool. Yeah, but then I went around the neighborhood terrorizing, you know, because of the EMT. 
I blame this still on the EMT. My my therapist said if I was caught on camera, and and like they're not going to know that the EMT assaulted me. I'm not. It's still not okay. <laughs> my nutritionist has to walk around seeing it because in her neighborhood, but she doesn't seem to care. But my therapist was like, I do not want to see that. She moved away, luckily, so she doesn't have to see it. <laughs> Yeah, you tagged across from theater for the new city. I know. It's so bad. It looks like, stop. We're on the air. <laughs> you started it. This is, this is not an admission. This could be a joke. The whole thing is satire. The whole <laughs> is satire. That's not right. Uh, other things that you're looking forward to this summer? Oh, goodness. Um... My godson was born in California. Um, That's amazing. Ago. Yeah, and so flying out there, meet the baby, and see my best friend, something I'm looking forward to when I feel like I will be able to handle a six-hour plane ride without having a bad enough panic attack that they emergency land somewhere and send me in a psych ward. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I mean stuff like this, you know, this is the first the first thing I've done um that's remotely creative outside of what I've been doing for school in a very long time and getting to see friends and loved ones and make things and um my dad's company's just started meeting again uh working outside and so getting to make art will be great and hugging friends and yeah, I think um, so do you just, um, cause of your, your illnesses, do you do smoke weed before you dance? How, how, does that help? Yeah. I smoke That's weed what all I, the time. I, do too. You know, I, I have, um, I have a spinal injury from my ex-husband. Well, he's not my ex-husband yet, but I, um, like to call him that. <laughs> and, um, he, um, it's just, it's, I have to smoke weed sometimes because they also prescribe me some major medicines. And my mom was like, who the hell did that? <laughs> Which I agree with her because you know what I mean. Like, Who prescribed you that, Kristen? <laughs> I, I like you know. It, I don't need like the voice coming coming with the the yelling, but like I agree with her. It's like it's it's bad. That's bad, you know. And then yeah. So I've been mostly I I never took them. I do I do the um I, I do the marijuana. I one day like because they were trying to get me off marijuana. I like just called out my psychiatrist and I said, well, it's not my psychiatrist because he was the one who was kind of saying it was legal now. I forget. I, forget, I called up one doctor who didn't want me to and I was like, well, weed's legal now and I'm just going to be doing that. You know, I <laughs> I, I participated in my first uh, marijuana parade. Uh, it, it was... Oh, those are so I fun. Was, in, the, was, in, the, in, the, in the East Village? I was, I was 10 years old. It started in Washington Square Park. I wasn't smoking weed then, but I but I thought it was cool what was going on. And when it was explained to me, even at that age, it just seemed to me like uh, like yes, the weed liberation march legal. or something that one. Uh, National Marijuana Day parade. It was started by the yippies, uh, who were at number nine Bleecker Street. Um, that would be uh, Abby Hoffman wasn't part of it, but he was part of the the yippies. But Dana Beal, who's still around, and uh, and. Uh, David Peel, who I knew quite well, who passed not too long ago, he was he was one of the people behind that. And Aaron Kay, uh, the pie man, he he used to put pies in uh, asshole politicians' faces. Oh, I know about um, that. 
Yeah, yeah, Pie Man. So those those were some of the guys that were behind it, and uh, yeah, and and that's when I started. I I started at ten years old in 1975, trying to advocate for legalization of marijuana, and then I started smoking it around 13, and now it's legal. And because of the pandemic and wanting to be as sharp as fucking possible, I have smoked only a couple of times since it's been legal. Yeah. <laughs> I wake up. I smoke. <laughs> I do something. I smoke. Yes. No. But I also actually take um, medical marijuana pills now because I'm in this research study uh, through a university in New York that is uh, studying specifically people who use medical marijuana as an alternative to opioids for chronic pain conditions. And uh, it was funny because when we started it, I've been in this uh, research study for almost a year now. Um, they, uh, you know, we couldn't legally smoke it in New York state, um, medical patients were only allowed to vaporize, um, which is completely fucking ridiculous. But now, you know, when we do our really long check-ins and we still don't know the harmful effects of vaporization yet. I mean, I do it, but I'm still, we still wondering if that's harmful or not. And so like to make medical patients do that, it's outrageous. It's because, you know, we daddy Cuomo didn't want, it's also why if you daddy Cuomo makes me mad, even though he gave me those classes, (laughs) if you go into a dispensary, they can't tell you, what the strain is. They can only tell you if it's an indica or sativa or a hybrid, and it's an abbreviated three-letter skew. You can go on Reddit to find out what it is. Uh, but the people are not allowed to tell you, like, even if it says, like, BDR, they can't tell you that it's Blue Dream because, in theory... Okay, BDR really helps my my mental illness. Same. Um, and it's just, like, it's it's wild because there's they don't want a colloquial association with, like, smoking weed because it's bad, but it's okay if it's medicine. But then there's this weird just, like, making it less accessible for people who actually need it by doing that. But now I can grow my own plants. I haven't started yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. My partner and I are both medical patients, so we each get three plants. Oh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I've grown in the past. Maybe you could help me get get some medical, become medical patient. I can help you with that really easy. Okay, great. We can do it in 45 minutes when we get off the air. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here, for honoring us with your first outing in in in, an enclosed environment. Thank you for having me. It's been wild to be here. I feel like usually I have um, more interesting quips and uh things to talk about but i feel like we're all slowly readjusting back into society and this was a great first way to do it (laughs) awesome thanks for sharing (laughs) lucas thank you as always thank you for having me or i'm actually a part of the show but um thank you for not firing me yet (laughs) except for that one time i thought you fired me and i well, you know, I, I went pissed. sober and said a lot of things I didn't mean to say. I went. I was like, I remember I was in the bed with Peter McGuire, and I was like, I think I'm fired from Radio Free Brooklyn, but it's all right. They were like, who cares about that place anyway? <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Uh, we will be back next week in the studio for another live show. Show yourself some love. Show some love to those around you. It's important, and you know that it is. And don't gatekeep people. P.S. By the way, queer is in Pride Month. Everyone who is queer is allowed to celebrate Pride, but we still need to acknowledge 